I was about to say that a scandal is brewing inside of the LAPD, but isn't a scandal always brewing inside of the LAPD? This time, it's impacting people who are sometimes even just being pulled over for traffic stops, all types of basic interactions, and at least 20 different officers were completely making up that these everyday people were in gangs. I want to unpack and explain that situation and also talk to you about a serious issue of voter suppression in Wisconsin because I think it's really a symptom of things to come. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the Breakdown. The, 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 The Breakdown. It's now 2020, and that means we are about six years into the life and history of this movement that we call the Black Lives Matter movement. And one of the things that many of us have been fighting for has been the use, the effective quality use, I must say, of body cameras across the country. And police officers, we're, we're asking police departments to use them in ethical, effective ways to record their interactions. But we've often seen failures where we've seen police officers turn their body cameras off right before brutality or all of a, say, a sudden say that during a moment of brutality, they forgot to put their cameras on. And so six years into this movement, we're still not at a place where they're being effectively used. But what we've seen is, I think, an an exaggerated pushback against them because they haven't been a magic pill. They haven't been miraculous. Body cameras have not and would not have ever stopped police brutality. I wrote a series, 25 ways that we can uh, effectively reduce police brutality, at least cut it in half. And what I found is that in those 25 ways, each of those 25 ways might reduce it by one to 2%. And what happens is if you just do one of those in isolation, you'll hardly see a dent. And what happens is if people said, "Ah, I thought you said body cameras were going to fix police brutality. Well, no, that's not what we ever said in the first place. Not only do body cameras have to be worn, the right policies have to be in place. The right consequences have to be in place for their misuse or abuse. Like there are a lot of issues that go, go into play there. But we're seeing right now in Los Angeles, a a great example of how their use is exploding a scandal. A young mother in Los Angeles found that her teenage son had been designated as a gang member, even though her son had never been a part of a gang, was not affiliated with people that are in gangs, Uh, didn't live next to or interact with people who were in gangs, and she had gone out of her way to make sure that never happened. When she began pressing it and pressing it and pressing it, eventually she got the body camera footage of the officer who designated that her son was a part of a gang. And we're going to do a few episodes on these gang designations because they're not just happening in Los Angeles you can generally assume that what is happening in the NYPD and the LAPD 
is probably happening in your police department because those two police departments often set the policies and the tone and the direction for hundreds, if not thousands of police departments all over the country, literally get so many of their policy ideas from other larger departments. So what we see in Los Angeles literally is like something from the Jim Crow era where police officers walk around with literal cards, little pieces of paper. And during, they call them field cards, which is, like, I'm not trying to be deep here or fake deep here, but when we often talk about how police departments are, police departments and mass incarceration, how those things are an extension of slavery, it's a wild thing that they call these things field cards. And they call the interactions field interactions. <laughs> okay, now people say, Sean, oh, you're being crazy. They're just talking about when they're out and about in society. Why Why you keep calling it the field? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be weird or spooky, but they call it a field card. And when they're out in the field policing, th- these are their words. They have these little bitty pieces of paper. And when they have what they call in the LAPD, a field interaction that is an interaction with anybody in society that's not inside of the police department. They fill out a little card and designate that person as being a gang member or gang affiliated. It gets signed off on by a supervisor and goes in their record. And here's what's crazy. When they started, when this mother pushed back and said, no, 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 I I need to see the footage. Since you all filled out on the card and got it signed off on by a supervisor, show me the footage. And here's the thing. Over 7,000 officers in the LAPD are wearing body cameras at all times. Over 14,000 hours of footage are recorded each and every day. And this one mother who bravely, boldly, courageously stood up for her son and her son's future, saying, no, 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 you're not going to put my son on your gang list because my son is not in a gang, exposed a scandal that currently has reached now to 20 different officers, but they haven't even started the hard, laborious work of inspecting tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of hours of footage. I don't know how you do it to to inspect every single stop with every single field card and field interaction where they've designated people as gang members and what they found, what the, the L.A. Times, what the investigators and others have found there in Los Angeles, what activists and organizers have been pushing for What they found is that officers all over the department are framing people, men, women, and children, as being in gangs. And then here's what happens. Once you get on that gang list, they can bust you for anything and put on your record what's called a gang enhancement. So all of a sudden, you commit a basic crime. It can be upgraded with what's called a gang enhancement Because you're a gang member. And how do we know you're a gang member? Because when the LAPD saw you in society, they filled out a field card and said so. 
And it's disturbing and it's problematic because what we see now is that thousands and thousands of people have been given this designation that have nothing to do with gangs. In fact, one study found babies, babies that were put on the list, great grandmothers that were put on the list. And here's here's the bottom line. The list itself is problematic. Gang enhancements are problematic. Listen, if you steal a candy bar and you're actually in a gang, you still just stole a candy bar. Giving somebody an extra designation because they are in a gang or affiliated with a gang or live in a, a neighborhood that might have gangs in it is bogus. In fact, study after study has found it's basically just a way to increase the sentences of black and brown people because you know who's not getting gang enhancements? White folk, wealthy folk, people of privilege. They're not getting gang enhancements ever. And so it's just one more way to infest our communities with higher sentencing and mass incarceration, and it's disturbing. I've, I've seen and talked to families who said, Sean, we live in a neighborhood that sometimes may have gang members on the block. And my son was designated as a gang member just because he was stopped riding his bike in our own neighborhood. Or, Sean, I live next door to somebody who's been designated as a gang member. Now my whole family has been designated as gang members. It's bogus. It's BS. They need to end the entire system. People don't even need to be designated as being in gangs as some type of, uh, of, of criminal enhancement. Like, it's, it's foolish. And so this scandal inside of the LAPD that currently reaches just 20 officers, I think if they actually reviewed the footage, and, and here's what I think has to happen. I think every gang enhancement that's ever been made needs to be reviewed, every single one of them. And what we know is that that would take tens of thousands of hours, probably years to do. You know what the most effective thing that they could do? Do away with the gang enhancement system. Go ahead and review all of those. See who lied. See who framed people. They need to be criminally charged. They need to be immediately terminated. But what we also see in Los Angeles is that they have a district attorney, Jackie Lacey, who never prosecutes police, no matter how horrible the misconduct. She continues to let up and let off of them in every single instance over and over again and has done so for years. Right now, Los Angeles is in the midst of a new election for a new district attorney, and we are hoping, hoping, hoping that they can overthrow Jackie Lacey and get someone in office who will finally hold police accountable. But this scandal is just beginning. It's the So I am in the studio right now. As I told you all, the podcast studio for The Breakdown is actually just in a corner in the North Star office. It's just a glass box in the North Star office. And I'm normally here in the studio while, while our staff and team are doing the work they do. I am here now with Nikki Rojas, and she has been working on a story. In some ways, it's a story of voter suppression in Wisconsin. Can you break that story down for me? 
Sure. Um, so my story kind of focuses on uh, the Wisconsin appeals court, which temporarily halted um, over 200,000 voters from being purged from the voter rolls. Mm. Um, so back in October, the Wisconsin Elections Commission notified more than 230,000 people that they'd be removed from the voter registration rolls. But the plan was to give them until 2021 to respond, whether they had moved or not, and if they had, they could re-register. However, in response, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty filed a complaint on behalf of three Wisconsin voters not affected by the voter purge. And their suit claims that the Election Commission failed to obey Wisconsin law that requires voters to be removed from the voter rolls 30 days after notice. Mm. So, but these voters, you said, they weren't removed. No, they had nothing to do with the voter purge. They weren't on the list. They were just, um, as the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty told us, they were just concerned that the Elections Commission was not following the law. Right. They just sit around and they're just they're deeply concerned just about the law. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, you and I talked about this. What we really know is at play is Wisconsin is a swing state and it has been swinging toward Republicans in previous elections. They've had a Republican governor up until recently. And you told me that Donald Trump barely won the state. By how many votes did he win? Right. By less than 23,000 votes. Mm. So these voters are absolutely necessary for Democrats um, to still be on the voter rolls. Right. To be viable. I mean, it's not. And also you and I are in Brooklyn, New York right now. Wisconsin is not an enormous state. And when you strike 200,000 voters from the rolls, like that's a that's a purge. Right. And of course, these voters tar- that are targeted are all in Democratic areas of the mm. state. So it, it's just a little iffy. It's, it, it's interesting that it never seems to be conservative voters that are getting purged. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, primarily uh, voters of color and, right. and voters in less um, affluent areas uh-huh. that are being targeted by these voter purges. So I saw the headline and was frustrated about it. But one of the things I struggled with is, well, like, what do we do? So here we are. What happens in Wisconsin in the presidential election affects all of us. But if you're not in Wisconsin or even if you are, what do we do about this other than just being frustrated? I mean, I think one of the important things to do is to make sure you're registered Mm. to vote. Um, And that is fairly easy. You can go online. Um, There is a website where you can go um, and check whether you're you're registered. And also what's super important is to know when your registration deadlines are. Mm. In Wisconsin, you can register the day of the elections, but that's not the case in other states in, say, like Georgia, where you have to register to vote at least a month before the elections happen. So check your registration. That's for everybody. And when does Wisconsin vote in the Democratic primary? Uh, They go to the primaries uh, in February, I believe, the 18th. On February the 18th. And so this decision, as much as it may have temporarily frightened people in Wisconsin, it seems that this decision should not impact voters in the Democratic primary. Absolutely not. Um, So I spoke to the Elections Commission, 
And they seem to think that this isn't going to be a major issue in the primaries or even going as far as the presidential election. Well, good. Yeah, that's that's good news. Well, thank you for covering it. And, you know, part of what we're trying to do is understand even what these trends might be. And so what we see happening in Wisconsin is not happening in isolation. We see these same types of things of voter purges happening almost exclusively in states controlled by Republicans. Right. And like I said, it's so important to kind of make sure that you're registered and that you aren't um, randomly put on a list Mm. that will remove you and, you know, stop you from exercising your right to vote. Right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. Break it down. Break, 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 break. 